Hey, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth, and I'm a women's health coach. Each week, we delve into all things health and wellness, whether that be nutrition, hormones, periods, stress management, personal growth, and everything in between. It's my mission to guide you into being the CEO of your own body and life by understanding how to support your health and your hormones so that you can leave feeling lit up, tuned in, and turned on by your life. I am so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Healthier You. I am super excited for this episode. It's going to be so much fun because we are chatting all things the Lazy Girl's Guide to Cycle Syncing Your Workouts. This is kind of an impromptu episode. I wasn't planning to talk about this topic, but it's something that I've been thinking about for such a long time and I decided, hey, I'm going to just do a podcast episode on it because I think it will be really, really helpful. Now, you must be living under a rock if you haven't noticed that the internet has literally gone wild for cycle syncing your workouts it is literally everywhere i'm seeing videos on it blog posts on it all the things and i have a lot of thoughts about this topic this is something that i have been really kind of toying with obviously i do a lot of work with women around their hormones and protecting their hormones and eating for their hormones and supporting their hormones supporting their cycles living in alignment with their cycles so technically this is something that i should be really really on board with but after the amount of clinical practice i have had with clients walking them through the process of creating great health I have I have thoughts, I have opinions, I have things that I wanted to share around this topic. So I'm excited to delve into it with you today. So I first of all want to explain this notion of being a quote-unquote lazy girl, right? Obviously I'm not advocating for everyone just being really lazy around their health all the time, that's not what this is about. Having a lazy girl option is something that I've really been leaning into, both with myself and with clients, for the last few years, purely because I think that a lot of us can fall into this mindset of having all or nothing, right? We either do absolutely everything and we do it perfectly or we do nothing at all, right? And this is, and you you probably notice that this shows up in so many areas of your life, right? You might have it with food, you might have it with movement, you might have it in your relationships or with your career where you're either all in or you're just not in at all. And I think sometimes that is rooted in perfection and the fact that, if you are a perfectionist and you are literally striving for best case scenario all the time, then you notice that something gets in the way in life or you get called into a meeting and so you can't go to that gym class that you planned on going to or you can't cook your dinner from scratch like you planned to and all of a sudden it turns into self-sabotage, self-destruction, fine, I'm not gonna do anything or even worse, I'm gonna go into further self-sabotage. It's almost like, you know, I ate one piece of cake, so I might as well eat the rest of the cake kind of mentality. And I'm laughing, but this is something that I really, really struggled with. You know, if I took one foot out of line when it came to whatever diet it was that I was on or whatever it, you know, routine I was trying to adopt, then I would just self-destruct massively. I had a massively all or nothing mentality. And I find, again, that this kind of mirrored in every other area of my life. So what is a lazy girl option? Essentially, a lazy girl option is switching your mentality away from that all or nothing mindset 
and we're switching it to an all or something mindset. So always having your plan A, which is when life is just the normal amount of stressful because we're never gonna have a completely stress-free life. And I think that's really important that we set ourselves up for the amount of stress that we're kind of used to being under every single day. So we have that plan A for when we're under stress. And then we have that plan B, which is the quote unquote lazy girl option, which will support us in at least having something. What are the little things that can move the needle forward? And what are little things that you can put into place to make the healthy option the easy option, right? So this can be something as simple as you ordering like a HelloFresh or something like that um, instead of trying to plan and cook and prep and all all sorts of things with your meals, right? Finding an option that feels like the something option so that you're not in a situation where it's like, I either do this perfectly or I don't do it at all. Like what's the lazy girl option? So if you're really struggling at the moment in your health practices to find something that you can do long-term and you're really struggling with it, you feel like you're constantly like, Uh, falling off the wagon with something you can never get into the routine of it ask yourself like am I a asking too much of myself here and b what's the lazy girl option for when life is difficult because you're never going to have a day where something doesn't interrupt what it is that you're trying to do right you're never going to have a day where things just go exactly as planned and so this is where the lazy girl option can be so so helpful and for me for example um around food my best lazy girl option has been using the slow cooker because a lot of my client calls are in the evening obviously because the women that I work with also work and so oftentimes what I tend to do is I will uh, put food in the slow cooker in the morning because a I've got most of my energy in the morning and b I when I finish my client calls in the evening I get to just go downstairs and my dinner is literally done and it saves me from going into that mindset of oh my god what am I gonna make what am I gonna eat what am I gonna do because it's done pre me thought about that beforehand right Um, and so it's like setting yourself up and um, making later on you have an easy helpful life so I guess little nugget of wisdom here for you is to have a look at what you're doing currently and ask yourself how can I make lazy go options of these things for when life doesn't go to plan now I don't want to make this whole episode about having a lazy go option but it's a really helpful mindset to adopt. And I'm gonna talk about it specifically in the area of cycle syncing, because I am such a huge fan of tracking your cycle, understanding your cycle, knowing how you feel at different stages of your cycle. And so I completely appreciate that the notion of moving and working out around your cycle is so, so important. But I also believe that right now, the narrative of cycle syncing has literally gone so overboard that it is just completely unrealistic. So ultimately, it's become a little bit of a craze recently to start cycle syncing your workouts. And essentially what that means is to change your workout routine depending on where you are in your cycle, right? So you've got the four phases of your cycle and I have got an entire podcast episode on this, which is so, so valuable. So if you are just not sure about the four phases, what they are, how you're potentially gonna feel, and I say potentially because everybody experiences their cycle completely differently, then definitely go back and give that episode a listen because I think it would be really, really helpful for getting you started on your cycle syncing journey. But essentially, cycle syncing your workouts essentially means, you know, 
from the internet's perspective, changing the way you work out depending on where you're at in that cycle. And it's in accordance with your energy levels and it's in accordance with, you know, what's going on in your body, right? And how to support your hormones at their best. And I am such a huge believer in all of this. I genuinely believe that eating for your hormones working towards supporting your hormones, making sure that you're setting yourself up so that you're not causing your body additional stress, especially when you're menstruating, is so, so important. But I do believe that the cycle syncing with your workouts has literally just gone so out of hand where you're literally changing your whole workout routine based on what phase you're in. And there are a few problems with that. First of all, I find, and I went on my own really long, strenuous, difficult journey of healing my relationship with movement and really learning how to be consistent with movement without becoming really obsessive about it, without it really playing into that um kind of disordered relationship with movement and so I went on this whole journey of trying to be consistent but not letting it go too far and really changing what movement meant for me and really changing um, the idea of why I was exercising and what was my intention behind it so that I had a really healthy relationship with movement but what I find most of all and especially with the clients that I'm working with their main struggle is finding consistency with movement right is finding consistency and doing something often enough and consistently enough so that a you become quite good at it and you actually get to enjoy it and b that it becomes a no-brainer for your body that it becomes such an embedded habit that you don't even need to think about it because it's just something that you do it becomes part of your identity it becomes part of who you are and so if you are someone who is really struggling to get consistent with your workouts yet you are trying to cycle sync and you are trying to you know do pilates in your luteal phase but then do hip workouts in your follicular phase and when you're ovulating and then in your menstrual phase you're trying to do something completely different you're not setting yourself up to do these habits long term because you're constantly switching and changing what it is that you're trying to do now we've spoken about this a couple of times on the podcast before that a lot of your actions are on autopilot. You think about the last time you brushed your teeth. Did you really have to make the conscious effort to go and do it? Probably not because you do it on autopilot. When you drive to work, do you make the conscious effort of like, right, I've got to turn left here and right, I've got to turn right here and here I go straight ahead and whatever. No, because you learn to do it on autopilot. And the reason that you've learned to do it on autopilot is because you've done it over and over and over and over again for so much time that you literally, I mean, sometimes I accidentally drive to the gym when I'm like not going there. I'm going somewhere completely different, but I accidentally drive there because my autopilot is get up in the morning, get in the car, drive to the gym. And so autopilot is your best friend, right? And you're making things extremely difficult for yourself if you're trying to do lots of different things all the time for your health. No wonder we end up falling off the wagon and just being like, oh my gosh, this is so like, what week am I on today? Right, okay, so then I've got to do this movement and what was I doing last time and where am I with that? And oh my gosh, all the things. <laughs> it's really a lot to keep up with. So the next thing that is so important to mention here is progression. Humans love progression, right? Especially in the area of movement. And I don't know about you, but any type of movement that I've ever tried first time, I've been useless at. 
I've rarely been good at something on the get-go. I've had to really practice it and really get good at specific types of movements, right? And you'll all know that I'm a big fan of weight training and I just believe that weight training is so helpful for your overall health. It's great for when you're going into those perimenopausal years because it really supports with your hormones, with your longevity, with your joint health, like all the things. But An example here is the fact that if you are someone who's investing time into weight training, if you're not doing it consistently, then you're not going to progress. And that's such a huge part of weight training is being able to lift heavier and lift heavier and lift heavier and lift heavier every time you do it. Yet if you're only weight training for one week out of the month, the chances of you progressing in that and the chances of you doing better in it over time, first of all, it's going to take you a lot longer. And second of all, like why would, would you even progress? I'm not sure I haven't tested it or tried it but for me I just think you know it's so so difficult to experience progression when you're only doing things for such a short period of time before you give it a break and do something else right and this goes for any other type of movement right it goes for pilates for example yoga running if you are someone who does that particular form of movement but you're only doing it one week out of the month it's completely unhelpful right i mean obviously all movement is great movement and listen to your body of course and we'll go into the nuances of that in a second so if you absolutely love doing lots the different styles of movement and you love being experimental and you already have a habit of doing lots of different types of movement then this is where cycle syncing and kind of changing up where you do certain workouts at what times of your cycle might be really really helpful But if you're already struggling to develop a consistent routine around movement, this is going to be such a barrier for you because you're just never going to get into that autopilot with a form of movement. And especially if you don't particularly enjoy exercise, but you know that you want to do more of it and you know that you feel good afterwards, but you really just struggle to motivate yourself to get moving, then giving yourself another hiccup of like oh what movement is it today or what phase of my cycle or am I on which which means that I need to do this form of movement can you see how it's just another barrier to entry for your movement practice overall so this is especially if you're someone who needs that lazy girl option especially if you're someone who has a busy life this is all something that you're trying to work on is building consistent routines around food building consistent routines around movement changing things up and making things really difficult is going to be a massive barrier to you being consistent and consistency is the thing that helps you to progress. So those are the two things that are really helpful to remember. First of all, trying to make your exercise routine a autopilot behavior in the same way as brushing your teeth and showering and washing your hair and your journey to work or whatever it is, make it your autopilot behavior, make movement the thing that just becomes so embedded into your day-to-day life that you don't even have to think about it there's no choice there's no decision it just happens and then second of all encouraging yourself with progression so that you feel like you're working towards something so that you feel like you're becoming more skilled in something so that you can develop that self-trust that consistency around movement and so those two things are so so important now does that mean that I'm against cycle syncing absolutely not I adore cycle syncing I have implemented it in so many areas of my life including running my my business where there are sometimes you know I'm ovulating right now so I'm very happy to be on stories sharing mini trainings uh, recording videos recording podcast episodes doing all of the things and I try and set myself up in this time of my cycle so that when I'm menstruating I can take my foot off the brake a little bit and really concentrate on more written form content or 
you know, making those carousels, which is something that I'm so much better at when I'm in my, when I'm menstruating and not when I'm like all over the place, when I'm ovulating and just like excited by life and wanting to do everything and wanting to get my face on camera and all the things. And so I've really synced my whole life around my cycle and I get to do that easier because I'm a business owner, which is great and a massive, massive privilege. But in the area of movement, you can still do this, but from the quote-unquote lazy girl perspective, what that means is just listening to your body. And the best way that you can start to do this is by actually tracking your cycle and tracking how you experience your cycle, because for every single woman, they experience their cycles completely differently, right? So for me, when I'm ovulating, I feel great. I feel full of energy. I can do all of the things. I feel very capable. Whereas some women, when they're ovulating, they don't feel so great. They don't feel so energized. It's actually quite an exhausting time for them. And so trying to cycle sync to someone else's kind of routine is really, really unhelpful for them. Now, I will say that if you're experiencing any out of sorts symptoms like bloating, like feeling extremely fatigued, like feeling um, like you've got mood swings or that your personality completely changes between um, between different phases of your cycle, maybe you experience pain, a lot of heavy, painful, bleeding, migraines, anything like that that is related at the same time of your cycle, this is a hormonal imbalance and it can be supported and it can be fixed through lifestyle and food. So I think you know, if those are the things that you're experiencing. And again, this is the power of tracking your cycle because you get to understand what is hormonal versus what is just happening. So tracking your cycle is step one and understanding like, where do I have the most energy? Where do I have the least energy? And then you get to figure out at what point are you gonna let your foot off the brake versus are you gonna go hard? Once you've really started to collate some data around how you experience your cycle, then you can start to have a think about where you can build in a consistent movement routine that doesn't mean that it's changing every five minutes or that you've got to keep on top of what style of movement you've got to do that week or anything like that but you really just get to understand okay when I'm in these two weeks of my cycle maybe I weight train for example four times a week and then when I move into menstruation I and I always take the first three days off of my period off completely because I don't want to you know I feel more tired um, I, I I don't want to push my body too much. I want to allow my body to have some time to rest. And I just don't feel like it, to be honest. And so in that time, I will probably take Sage for extra long walks and I will rest. I'll relax. I'll sleep more. I'll let myself do what I feel like I need to do. And then as soon as it is over or as soon as I'm starting to feel more energized again, then I get back into it. And what I might do is when I'm ovulating, I might add in a cardio class or some form of class that means that I'm adding to my consistent routine, but it all comes from a place of addition. So what are your basics? What are your non-negotiables? So my basic non-negotiables are I take Sage for a walk every single day, and obviously I have to walk my dog, otherwise she'd be really miserable and she'd hate me. Um, and I do three strength training sessions a week. Those are my basic fundamental non-negotiables. Now, what's great about that is I can still achieve that even around my cycle. And what I might do is I might just let myself off 
and know that I'm probably not going to lift as heavy when I am menstruating versus when I'm ovulating. And so I'm just well aware that I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to give myself an easier time. I never go to the gym on my first three days of my bleed or maybe even my day before. The way that I would work it is I would just go to the gym the three days, um, you know, the three days earlier on that week and then I'd give myself an extra break and then the next week I'd maybe go the three days, you know, the three days in the latter half of the week. And so I never have to disrupt that routine. It's become so autopilot, it's become such a non-negotiable that I do those things, but I will just manipulate when I do them. And when I am doing them, I'm well aware that I might not lift as heavy as if I was ovulating. And so I'm just really self-aware with my capabilities at different phases of my cycle and I act in accordance. But to me, I always think about bang for book. For me, the pros outweigh the cons with doing the same form of movement, getting in that consistency, making it an autopilot behavior and still being able to pull back when I am menstruating or when I need a day off or whatever else. And listen, if I was sick or if I was really, you know, tired, exhausted, of course, it doesn't matter if I don't go to the gym three times that week, that's fine. But for the most part, I really stick to that three times a week routine. And that that low number is helpful for me because it means that I will always hit it. And I've really developed self-trust with myself now that I will always do that regardless. And so, and so make this work for you, right? Make a routine that really works for you. If you love Pilates, for example, which I also love and kind of sporadically do here and there, my weight training is my non-negotiable. Anything on top of that is for fun, for play, because I feel like it, because I fancy it. But say, for example, it's Pilates and that's your main form of movement. Make that commitment to yourself that you're going to do it three times a week so that that can become autopilot. And then on the days that you're menstruating, on the days that you, f- you feel more low in energy you're either really nipping down the intensity of that pilates session so you're not going full-on hit pilates and you are giving yourself enough breaks and maybe you just don't do it on the days that you're bleeding and you do it in the latter half of the week or the whenever you're um, you know whenever your bleeding stops or whenever things start to calm down right it's also a little bit of an oxymoron because um your period um cramps can massively be helped through movement so doing some form of gentle movement when you're on your period is helpful what i tend to do is just go for extra long walks with the dog where i'm out in nature and i get to be outside And obviously don't just go and do what I do. Find a way of making it work for you and feel really good for you as well. And I think this is why it's so powerful to start with tracking your own cycle so you can understand where have I got the most energy? Where have I got the least amount of energy? How can I build a consistent routine that allows me to just rest and relax in between when I'm not feeling energized? And how can I, um, you know, how can I push myself? And with weight training, it's so um, it's so easy, right? Because I just know that when I'm ovulating, it's go time. We're getting those PBs. We're lifting heavier. We're doing more. It from a Pilates standpoint, for example, it might be that you do do more kind of like the um, hit style Pilates when it's when you're ovulating and when you have the most energy and then you kind of stick to more low intensity kind of stretch routines in and around that. So make it work for you and make it feel really, really good for you. And really bear in mind as well that if you don't allow yourself to rest fully in your menstrual phase and in your luteal phase, so when you're in those 
autumn winter months if you're not allowing yourself full rest and recovery and all the time really but especially in your um, winter and your autumn phases if you're not allowing yourself that consistent rest and sleep and recovery time then the chances are you are going to feel a bit crappy for the rest of your cycle it's so so important to give yourself space and time to rest and recover it's important to sleep well it's important to ensure that you're getting enough food as well like under eating and then trying to exercise is not going to work in ovulation as much as it's not going to work when you're bleeding like it's really important to set yourself up with the foundations that you need in order to have the energy oftentimes I find that it's the women who aren't nourishing themselves properly that are really adverse to movement and it's like well yeah of course because your body really doesn't want to move if it doesn't have the fuel to do so in the same way that your car won't drive without the appropriate fuel to be able to 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 do that journey so really acknowledging that you know no matter how much you cycle sync or rest um or or go when you're ovulating or whatever else if you if you haven't got the right fuel the right foundations in place you're never going to feel like wanting to move your body it's really interesting that when women start to eat enough and enough of the right nutrients that really move the needle forward and start sleeping enough all of a sudden they want to move their bodies so much more and their bodies are asking them to do more movement and that's because when you set yourself up well then you then you want to right it it becomes a no-brainer so sometimes doing that foundational work first is really helpful no matter where you're at in your cycle So I really hope that you found this episode super helpful. I hope that it was the permission slip that maybe you needed to not have to overhaul your entire workout routine to make it quote unquote hormone um, friendly or healthy. You can 100% do this with your current workout routine. It really just takes listening to your own body and feeling into what feels good for you and as much as I believe that social media can be such a blessing because we can learn so many things I think way too many people get caught up in what everybody else is doing and and what this person said on TikTok and how this person cycle syncs their whole exercise routine and just because somebody else is doing it on social media doesn't mean that it's possible for everybody or that they're even doing it it might be that they've maybe developed this routine and done it for say a month and now they're making a video on it and all of a sudden the video goes viral and everyone thinks they're an expert at this thing maybe they're not right Um, and so I think it's really really important to yes take inspiration from social media a hundred percent and ask yourself is this doable for me does this feel good for me does this feel realistic for me is this actually you know if you're not a morning person and you're trying to force yourself up at five o'clock in the morning to do a workout then is that really sustainable for you or does it feel better to do things differently in a way that feels good for you and I think this is why coaching is so so powerful because it's not about giving you a list of random stuff that you have to go off and do and giving you no reasoning behind it and no understanding and no implementation tools but it's about understanding you as a client as a person and figuring out a routine that's going to be really supportive for you that's really going to move the needle forward and get you to your goals without trying to morph you into you know a fitness influencer overnight which let's face it none of us have got time for that shit right um so i hope this has been helpful i hope that this has put your mind at ease and I hope that it's been inspiring for you to figure out ways of making cycle syncing work for you in a way that is fun, doable, you know, all the things. 
So please do um, let me know how you found this episode. Let me know um, what you took from it. Do give it a screenshot and share it. I absolutely appreciate it just so much when you guys screenshot and share it on your Instagrams and tag me in it as well because sometimes I find that people screenshot it and share it and because they don't tag me, I didn't realize that they shared it so I never got to say like thank you so much for sharing. Um, So if you do screenshot, please do tag me in it. It's Sarah Elizabeth Health S not a Z in Elizabeth um, so that I can thank you for really sharing the message I think that you know these podcast episodes are so so helpful for so many women it would just be so amazing to see the message being spread far and wide so I really do appreciate everybody who takes the time to leave a review share and of course if you are wanting to work with me one-on-one the details as always are in the show notes um, definitely you know if you've got questions about that drop me a message on Instagram as well and we can chat through what it is that you're working through and what you might need some extra support with. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll catch you next week.